you know, I always tell people, you know, like having a team is wonderful, but there's just a lot of people saying, this is what you should be doing. This is what works for radio and, and things like that. And, and that's, it's wonderful to have that. But also on the other side, there was something that I was really like yearning for that I wasn't getting. And, um, and it kind of just like, ran its course. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go off and do something independently. And, you know, the best thing about being independent is that you make up your own roles. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, what's going on? This is Bree Noble, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And I cannot believe that we are nearing the three-year mark on this show. It is amazing, and it has been such an awesome ride. And I want to thank you guys for coming along for whatever part of the ride you have been on. I want to encourage you to go back to any of our previous like 140 44 shows and check and see if you've listened to them all because there are so many good ones, so many great interviews, so many really tactical episodes. And you can do that at femmusician.com. That's F is in female, E is an entrepreneur, musician.com. And speaking of great interviews, I have got one for you today with Sarah Darling. She is an established Nashville singer-songwriter. She's a lovely person, and I know you're going to really be inspired um, by her story and enjoy all of the little tips and tricks that she's got up her sleeve to tell you during the show today. So here's a little bit about Sarah Darling. Sarah Darling is an American country singer-songwriter from Nashville with many albums to her name. She had her first successful album in 2008 and her second in 2011. In August 2012, she had her first breakout single, Home to Me, after it was featured on Sirius XM's The Highway. It sold over 8,000 copies in the first week and became the top-selling single by a new female artist in that year. Now we get into all the cool stuff that she's done since in our interview, so I won't spoil it for you. Here's my interview with Sarah Darling. So that's a little bit about Sarah Darling. So Sarah, is there anything about you that our listeners need to know that's maybe a little bit more unique or quirky, um, something that maybe wasn't mentioned in the bio that's a little more personal? Well, um, f- for those of you know that don't know me uh, very well, I, I have a serious case of travel. Um, I love to like travel and, and take flights and, and go on different to different places. And I feel like that's, um, something that people don't really know about me is that I I just have like a a constant like need to travel and take photos and, and try new foods. So that's something that, um, is always like a little personal thing that I like to tell people. Oh, I totally do too. And being a musician that works really well into what you're doing. Thank goodness. Right. It really is because 
You know, typically when I, when I do a show anywhere in the world, I will try to find, you know, that local place to go get dessert or food and just try, you know, try all the things and see some, see something cool that's unique to that area. Mm, I love that too. I mean, that's why I've never taken a cruise anywhere because I just like to immerse myself in, you know, the culture of the place. And I feel like if they're just going to drop me off for eight hours and I'm going to get back on the ship, I'm not going to experience that. <gasps> that's so true. Because then you can feel like, hey, I'm from this place. Like, what's mm. it like to be in, you know, from Paris or, you know, just kind of experience that. Absolutely. Well, good thing that works really well with the profession that you chose. So I'm really curious how you got started in music. I I got started in music very young. I, I grew up in the Midwest, um, little farm town in Des Moines, Iowa, just east of Des Moines. And music, I started singing very young. My parents always tell me that like as soon as I could really talk, I had figured out how to sing, which is kind of funny to think back that far that I was figuring out how to sing. And um, But it really, it was through high school, you know, and just doing music and, and writing poetry that I, I realized that there was a connection between the two. Um, and I started playing shows um, about age 14. That was probably the first show I, I ever did. And then after that, I couldn't not do it. It was like in my blood, if that makes sense. So um, I basically begged my parents to, to move to Nashville as soon as they graduated high school. And so I packed everything up and ended up, you know, coming to, to Nashville even before I turned 21. So it was uh, a really big step, you know, for, you know, being from a small town and, and having your parents just say, okay, we're going to let you do this. And you don't really know anybody, but <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take you to Nashville. Wow. That is amazing that your parents did that. Where are you originally from? Um, I'm from Iowa. It's a place called Mitchellville, Iowa. And okay. it's, it's like... 3,000 people um, and everybody knows your name and, you know, everybody knows everybody. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a great thing when somebody steps out and, you know, moves away and has a dream. Yep. Hometown hero. I'm sure you, the, you can get a lot of press at, at home about, you know, all the stuff you're doing in Nashville and everything. Cause that's big news. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of, you know, struggling musicians that listen to this show. They're wanting to make a living in music. And, you know, it would be really helpful if you could talk a little bit about time when you were really, you know, just frustrated and not being able to make the music thing happen. I know we've all been through that at times. And sometimes I ask this question, people say, oh, that happens every week or something, you know, <laughs> but um, a story that you could, you could tell that would maybe encourage them where you just felt like maybe it was time to give up or you were hitting a wall and how you were able to break through that and continue and what you learned from it. Absolutely. Um, it's such a great question. I feel like I've, you know, I can also relate to the ups and downs of the business. Of course, um, it can be weekly, but um, there is a specific story. Um, I, I actually, when I first moved to Nashville, um, I started writing songs and getting in a, a songwriting community. And um, that's actually where um, I landed my first record deal. So I was actually signed to 
a record label record label for about eight years. So it sounds like a it's kind of a long time in record label years, and and it was such a wonderful experience. I, I learned so much, and you know, got to release music, um, tour, and and do all the amazing things with you know with you know being signed to a label and having a team. And I kind of got to this place towards the end where I felt like artistically I wasn't making the music that I really wanted to and I hadn't really felt that that connection yet in my career and that was what was interesting is that I had the label I had the team but I didn't really have the the feeling of almost fulfillment in my heart so I ended up deciding to leave that situation um, which was kind of a risky thing at that particular mm. point in my life and and kind of go off and do my own and make make a record that I've always dreamed of making. And now, was I, that because you felt like they had expectations of you to be a certain kind of artist, or were they, you know, putting their input in, or did you just feel like you needed to do this thing on your own for some reason? Actually, it's a combination of the two. I think I think that it can be really difficult. Um, you know, I always tell people, you know, like having a team is wonderful, but there's just a lot of people saying, this is what you should be doing. This is what works for radio and, and things like that. And, and that's, it's wonderful to have that. But also on the other side, there was something that I was really like yearning for that I wasn't getting. And, um, and it kind of just like, ran its course. So I, I said, you know what, I'm going to go off and do something independently. And, you know, the best thing about being independent is that you make up your own rules and it can be harder, but you can release music whenever you want. So um, about two years ago, I set out to um, start this project. And on one particular day, and this is where the story's, you know, really... Um, going to is uh, I went to go write with two really good friends of mine, um, Cheyenne Metters and Rebecca Powell. And I, I came into the co-write and I don't even know why I lost it in that particular moment, but I, but I did like to, you know, to, to two of my great, you know, really great friends. And that seems to happen in, you know, co-writes every once in a while. And I, I just kind of unleashed and just said, you know, I've, I've kind of given up this, great thing that I had. And now I'm on my own and trying to figure out how I'm going to figure out how to make music again and what that's supposed to sound like. And, and I was just, you know, in tears. And, and we ended up writing this song that is so special to me and it's called Haley's Comet. And it's probably, you know, it kind of was the start to uh, a project called Dream Country that I put out last year. And it just changed my life. Um, and so really the lesson that I learned is that really trust your instincts um, because you're never going to go wrong when it's you. Um, and, and now mind you, you know, like in, in label situations or, you know, there's always really great situations too. And my situation was great. It just was time to make a change and, I always think that that's such a great story because I ended up writing a song that was so, so helpful to other people. And that's been the one that connects the most, um, you know, to people at shows is um, because it's all about, you know, 
realizing that you have a place to shine. Everybody does. Um, mm. and, uh, and so that's my sweet story about, you know, dark, dark days bring, you know, light, you know, in, in form. So that was a beautiful one. I love that. And, you know, songwriting itself can be such a catharsis for sure. Right. So that's how you birth some amazing, amazing art. It's so true, (laughs) (laughs) but it can also be totally healing for things other in your life that, you know, are, are you're dealing with like what happened to you. So I'm sure as songwriters, we've all kind of been through one of those experiences before. And it's great to it's great to re remember those things and why we why we do what we do, you know. Exactly, and and I'm so grateful for songwriting. I I can th- I consider it therapy, you know, for for whatever I'm going through. And I think, you know, for those struggling artists, it's just such a great way to heal from situations. And and you know, the one thing I've learned about being in Nashville too is that you can't really let anyone dictate how you feel. Um, I think it's, that's why it's so wonderful to have songwriting because you can kind of get it out and be honest. Um, sometimes with people you barely know, because that's, what's wonderful about songwriting is you're connecting on really personal, you know, levels. That's so true. Well, I want to shift gears real quick and ask you, what is the most mind-blowing experience that you've had so far as a musician? Like one of those times where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this, pinch me, you know, is this really me? Yes, I've had a, I've had, um, a couple, two just popped into my head. The first one um, happened in 2012 and it's kind of an ongoing thing, but I... I debuted at the Grand Ole Opry, which mm. was something that was so near and dear to me. Um, growing up, I, I got introduced to country music by my grandfather, who's unfortunately passed away, but he he loved the Opry so much. And he used to tell me when I was little, you know, you've made it when you get to play the um. Opry. So, so it was a really special day. Um, he, you know, my grandpa, my whole family... Um, actually came to Nashville and watched me, you know, debut at the Grand Ole Opry. And Vince Gill introduced me and sang with me. It was kind of this, like, is this really happening wow. right now? Sort of yeah. moment. And um, it was it was wonderful. And, and now I can, you know, say I've played there over 80 times. I was going to say, yeah, I saw you played there, like, a lot. <laughs> which is crazy. But, you know, you never forget the first time and, mm-hmm. and how special it was and all the people that were there. And... And, uh, and then I was thinking last year, um, I went on a, a tour across the UK uh, for about a month. And it was amazing because I played a show in Birmingham um, and I'd never been there before. And when I, when I got on stage and I was singing a track of mine called Where Cowboys Ride, everyone was singing the song back, what? the lyrics back. And it was just sort of, it was mind blowing to be in another country and have people do it. I actually got really emotional and uh, almost had to stop singing because I was sort of overtaken by it. It was really sweet. Wow. Now, do you, is that because you've cultivated fans in other countries or your songs are on the radio in other countries? Yeah. So, so one cool thing, you know, another amazing, you know, unexpected door opening from Dream Country, which I told you the story about, is it 
led to opportunities of me playing in the UK. So three years ago, I went over for the very first time and played a festival called Country to Country, which is very cool. It's American uh, artists and UK country artists together. And some people say country music in the UK. I've never heard of that, but yeah. actually it's, it's really growing quite you know, big. And so I started that three years ago and um, yeah. And so fast forward to just last year, um, I had no idea the impact that dream country had. And so it's just been this really beautiful growing process of seeing my music um, really, you know, like work there and, and um, people just attaching themselves to the songs and lyrics. That is really amazing. Well, on that note, what are your favorite kinds of gigs to book? And do you do your own booking or do you have other people helping you? So um, in, in the U.S., I, I actually do my, all my own booking. Um, and I feel like it's a perfect combo because in the U.K., I do have a booking agent that I work with who's amazing. Um, named Phyllis. But but here in the US, I actually book my own shows. Um, my favorite types of shows, I love like really vibey rooms. So coming up March 5th, I'm playing a show in London at an old church called um, Union Chapel. Mm. And if, if you go and look at it, it's just so stunning and the acoustics are amazing. So that's the kind of gig that I love playing like dream dream about it those really beautiful acoustics um small theaters but those are my favorites to to get to play now at the level you're at now are you mostly just kind of recontacting places you've played in the past to book tours are you even still doing kind of cold you know reach outs and stuff like that anymore i do i do cold reach outs all the time i think um it's one of those things I think as a as a musician, you know, you're you're constantly trying new things and yeah, absolutely. I'm sort of a combination of both. And, you know, for those out there listening, you know, it booking your own shows is such good experience. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's important to be able to book your own shows because, you know, I've I've definitely been on the side of having an agent who's, you know, a very big time agent. But if you don't have shows booked, it doesn't really mean anything. So I think, I think it's good. You know, it's all about having engagement. So people who believe in you is the, the key. Yeah. And I love that you do that because, I mean, I, no matter how big an artist gets, I think they're not too good to call up a venue they've never been at and, you know, say, tell them why they should have them. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I, I 100% agree. It's good for growth as a musician. For sure. We're always needing to get out of our comfort zone because I think that just makes better art anyway. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So how do you like to engage with your fans? So all these fans that you've made across the world and, you know, locally and all that, are there any, you know, particular ways you like to engage with them either online or offline? Yes. Yeah, so I have, um, I love, you know, I love, um, obviously social media is fantastic just for the, the fact that, you know, I can actually go online and put up a, you know, a 20 second video of a new song and, and see the comments and be able to write back to them personally, which I think is really cool. Um, and I do that, you know, some people, 
like will message me and say, is this really you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is actually. I, I enjoy that process. I enjoy, you know, being able to actually react to people. And it's fun too, because I have, um, you know, another side note, which has been a really fun connector too, which is not related to music, but it kind of is. is I have a side company called Sweet Darling, and I make French macaroons um, oh, here right. in Nashville. Oh, that's which, a lot of skill there. <laughs> so it's been kind of fun to connect to fans that way too, um, because the story is my my husband, uh, my now husband, who's English, he took me to Paris um, on some of our first dates. So um, I grew up cooking my whole life, but then when I went to Paris, I had macaroons for the first time and ended up writing a song about it and then starting a company. So it's, it's like one of those like fun little stories that people love, you know, even when I come to shows, sometimes people will bring me macaroons, which is really sweet. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, can you kind of let our listeners know, cause I'm curious as well, like what, what do your streams of income look like as a musician? Um, you know, regardless of the macaroons, like what, you know, as far as like, are you making most of your money from gigs, from online sales, offline sales, merch, licensing? Like how does that kind of break down? Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I truly believe that, you know, whatever kind of artist you are, it's so good to have different income streams coming in. Um, for me, it's, it's definitely touring. Uh, merchandise is a really big thing, you know, making sure you, you bring merch to the shows. Cause that, that's a great, um, you know, for me, that's been like a really great moneymaker, especially in the UK when I've been touring, cause people really love having, you know, your, your album, um, and just kind of finding things that are unique to you. Um, Spotify, um, is actually also, um, an income stream uh, as well. Um, I also, you know, not to mention macaroons again, but I do have (laughs) that, um, that sort of streaming income as well. So I, I actually will teach classes and, um, also do, uh, macaroons for events here in Nashville as well and and make a little money that way um, but yeah it's a con- I, honestly it's a combination of you know because I, I write songs as well so I get you know royalty checks from you know BMI um, like every you know every quarter and it's just like a little you know a little stream like all kinds of streams coming into one big stream I say yep absolutely to make it float. <laughs> now, are there any kinds of merch that your fans really like, you know, besides your CDs? Do you know what's been really cool is this, this last time, um, I did like a merch order. I made vinyl and, oh. and so my fans have loved vinyl. It's just like one of those, I just, I'm, I'm so into it as well. You know, like last year I bought a vinyl player and, you know, my husband and I've been collecting vinyl again, which is kind of funny. Um, but I love it. I love the way music sounds and I think people love, you know, love that as well. That's amazing. That is just so like brings me back to my childhood. <laughs> love it. And all the, I used to collect like the 45s 
Yes. I have. I still have like about a hundred of them (laughs) that I collected over the years. It's funny that you say that because I'm staring at about probably a hundred of them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We have, we have lots of vinyl sitting in our living room right now. Wow. So, um, are there any like resources that you can recommend, you know, as you've been coming up as an indie artist and learning and all that stuff along the way for, you know, our artists to learn, you know, everything from maybe it's marketing, music, business, or even self-development? Yes. So, so one thing that I think is very important and I, I've learned this over the last few years and, and actually my husband has helped me with this too. And I think this is the, the main lesson of of this point is surround yourself with people who um, are are not only your friends but are just that can give you great advice and be able to take that advice. I think being able to take sometimes constructive criticism but also just being able to grow. So you know, in my life, I'm around. Um, you know, other musicians who are independent like me, and I've learned so much from them about booking shows. Um, and we all write together and, and sometimes we'll, you know, just help each other out um, when we're facing issues and, and things like that. Um, but another thing I've learned too is about branding, you know, being able to figure out what are you trying to say and, you know, like for me, that was um, a big stepping stone when I released Dream Countries. I finally felt like I had a, a mission statement. Um, mm. and the, the look felt right and the music felt right. And almost, under, I know that's a lot to kind of take in when you're, you're like, well, what's my brand? What? But I think that's just figuring out what you like and who you are and like words that are meaningful to you. Um, I think that's really good advice that I've learned. And that's from my husband, from friends, just people telling me what they like as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so do you think, you know, being that you are from Nashville, do you think it's really important for musicians to be in a music city like that to be able to thrive and grow? I don't think you have to be in music city to grow. But what I would say is it makes me so much, I feel like it makes me better and a better musician being here. And it constantly is kind of forces me to stretch out of my comfort zone and write with new people. And uh, so I, I love being here. I think, you know, what, whether you're a music city or not, like being in a community that makes you want to be better is, is advice that I think is really good. Mm, absolutely. You are, what is it that you are the, the, the combination yeah. of the five people that you spend the most time with or whatever? That's so funny. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, really? I like, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, so, you know, you don't want to spend your time with negative people because then you will probably, even if you try not to, that will seep in, you know? That's so true. And, and I think that's a good point, too, you bringing up because I've seen that a lot in Nashville. It's like you'll you'll meet people who feel a bit jaded is such a tough word for me to say, but I, I always feel like just always keep believing, you know, keep, it's like, keep the stars in your eyes, you know, because it's a dream and it's not easy. You know, it's not easy for anyone and everybody has a story. So just staying positive is really important. 
Love it. So can you tell our listeners how they can easily get in touch with you online on both your website and social media? Absolutely. If you go to saradarling.com and that's Sarah with an H, um, also check me out on Instagram. That's probably one of my faves. It's official Sarah Darling on Instagram. I just love photography and oh, I, I need to go follow you. I don't think I'm following you yet. <laughs> okay, perfect. But yes, I'm on all the social media outlets, but if you just want to drop a line and say, hey, and you heard heard me, that'd be wonderful. And she will actually be the one responding. It's not someone on her team, right? Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has all been really helpful and inspiring. And I appreciate you sharing all this with our listeners today. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.